All right, y'all. So y- some of y'all wanted me to do an update to this story about the Burger King guy. So let's let's go let's go see what's cracking with the Burger King guy. Y'all remember the Burger King guy, the guy that got the goodie bags for putting in thirty years of hard work. Well, twenty-seven years of hard work, never missing a day at the BK putting in work for the Kang, the real Kang, the Kang of slanging burgers, right? And I'm not going to sit here and lie. I do like a, I do like me a nice Whopper, even though I can't eat them. But he got a goodie bag of just some, some trinkets. But here's the update. Burger King employee who got a measly goodie bag as thanks for 27 years of service is reunited with his daughter and grandkids. Oh, wow, this guy was a granddad on the Today Show after a GoFundMe set up for him to visit his family exceeded $200,000. Good googly moogly. Kevin Ford, age 54, never missed a day of work in nearly 30 years and netted more than $200,000 on GoFundMe. And David Spade, the comedian, contributed $5,000 towards that. Good God. Kevin Ford, age 54, became an overnight star on Instagram after he posted a video thanking his employer for a gift bag he received in recognition for nearly 30 years of work without missing a single day. He said he was stunned by the outpouring of generosity including from former Saturday Night Live star David Spade and can now contribute to his grandchildren's college fund as well as take a well-earned holiday. So I'm not going to play the video because I don't know if they're going to be doing all this copyright stuff. Says he appeared on Today with Savannah Guthrie after, after word spread about his hard work and good fortune. He says it's like a dream, a dream come true. And nobody can think that nobody can think of this It's just overwhelming, especially all the support I'm receiving every day. It's awesome. So here's your man's. Kevin Ford, 54. Grandbabies. I'm assuming that's his daughter. Yep, that's his daughter, Serena. She set up the GoFundMe. Look like his daughter's a mixed woman, just saying. Shout out to all the mixed race people out there. But this is your man's 27 years working at the Las Vegas Airport Burger King without missing a single shift. And all this brother got was two packs of Lifesavers and one single movie ticket and a bag of Reese's Pieces. Over here. This joker raised $200,000 off of the GoFundMes. Glad to see this dude get it because normally you don't don't see black folks really banking off GoFundMes like that. White folks be killing the GoFundMe game. This is your man's. I'm assuming that's his daughter. Yes, his daughter right there. 200 racks. David Spade, the comedian, came through and dropped $5,000 on it. So let's go to the GoFundMe, y'all. Let's see where we at. We are up to $224,000, y'all. $224,000. 6.9,000 donations. See what he says. Hi, my name is Serena. The man in that video is my father. He has worked at the job for 27 years. And yes, he has never missed a day of work. He originally began working at this job as a single father when he gained custody of me and my older sister 27 years ago. Okay. Then as our family grew and he remarried, he continued to work here because of the amazing health insurance that was provided through this employer because it was unionized. 
which got all four of his daughters through high school and college with full health care coverage. My dad continues to work here because though he does look young, he is coming up on retirement age and leaving what cost him his retirement. In no way are we asking for money or is he expecting any money. But if anyone feels like blessing him, he would love to visit his grandchildren. Oh, they blessed this brother. All right. They blessed this brother with nearly $224,000. And I wonder who did all the blessings, y'all. Yeah, that's right, Joanne. Brothers don't be getting money like this. Brothers, y'all ain't getting no GoFundMe money like this. But I wonder who did all the blessings. Let's go look at some of these names and play Guess the Race. Carrie Bartels threw in $10. Carrie, does that sound like a, a white women's or a black women's? Uh-oh, we got, we got the spam bots up in here. Let me, let me figure out how to get these people up out of here. Carrie sounds like a white women's, y'all. Let me see. Hold up. Give me a second. I forgot to get these clowns up out of my chat. How do these, how do these little clowns be? Hold up. I don't know if y'all can see it, but I can see it. Hold on, give me a second. All right. I wonder if that did it. All right, my bad. I had, I had these little these little bots just popped, these little porn bots just popped up in here. All right. So Carrie Bartell sound like a white women's. All right. Melody Manor. I'm gonna go ahead and say that sounds like a white women's. Valerie Chapman. Ooh, that can go either way, but I'm going to assume that's Hawaii women's. Pam and Paul Italiano. Well, we know what they are. Ola Iman. Ooh, that might be a B-dubs. That might be a B-dubs. John Sebo. Sound like a white dude. Sarah Farringer. White. Carolyn. White. Laura. White. Jordan Trumpner. White. I'm not going to go through all these names. I'm just going to go through a couple more. Delencia Hart. Uh, I don't know. That might, let me read the message. Your humility in the midst of this is refreshing to God be the glory. That's a white woman right there. <laughs> That's a white woman right there. Sarah Spurway, white. Elizabeth, white. Wait, look, look at Elizabeth's name, y'all. Elizabeth Monahan. She got the last name of the Monahan report, y'all. <laughs> so white women's. Anyways, I'm willing to bet there's a whole lot of white folks that donated. And I'm willing to bet it ain't that many black folks that donated. I'm willing to bet. You know, you know that's just kind of how this goes. That's just kind of how this goes, y'all. I don't, I don't think black folks were really moved by this. I don't think black folks is really moved by this at all. You're a hater? It's corny people rewarding him for not negotiating his worth for 20 plus years. Why is it corny? And why are you a hater? Why are you mad at this brother? Shouldn't you be happy? Shouldn't you be happy that a black man just got just won $224,000? Shouldn't you be happy for your brother, man? He just collected almost a quarter million dollars in reparations from, from mostly white donators, contributors. Why are you hating on this brother? Why are you hating? You should be congratulating this brother. He worked there 27 years to support his, his babies as a single father. Because aren't y'all the main ones in the black manosphere talking about black men can raise kids better than B-dubs? This dude was a single father. Put his babies through college and covered their health care tuition. Working, working at Burger King. 27 years. Never missed a day at work. And at the end of the day, he got two packs of lifesavers. And then white folks who saw this was like, oh, hell nah, get his Negro some money. And they came through and blessed him with $224,000. Why are you hating on this dude? You should be congratulating this dude. You should be congratulating this dude. He, he is, he, he's, uh, he's going to be on chill status, hopefully, if he does the right things with this money. He's getting up there in age. He's creeping up on 60. Why are you mad at this brother? 
I'm not mad at him. I'm happy. I'm happy this dude got this money. Fast food spots are set up so a 70-year-old can run it as a manager. I agree. But we don't know all the circumstances as to why he was working there other than what was just described to us by his daughter. But I'm just saying. He started working there at 27. Well, you got to work somewhere. At least he had a steady job. He wasn't out there slanging dope. He wasn't out there shooting people over mail. Did y'all see that story about in Atlanta, some dude killed a woman at a subway or putting too much mayo on her sandwich. He could have been out there doing that. I went to school. I work hard. I got to compete every day. A McDonald's man gets 200000 for being a good worker. Well, maybe you ain't competing hard enough. <laughs> maybe you ain't competing hard enough. Why are you mad at this dude? You don't think this dude worked hard every... I worked at Burger King. You would, I worked there when I was 15. They, you ain't back there just chilling. You back there whipping up burgers. He was putting in work. 27 years, never missed a day. Why are you, why are you hating on this man? He working just like you. You just working two different jobs. It's just that they felt sorry for him after the, after the company gave him... Listen, when you do 30 years at your job... I want you to record a video showing us the goodie bag your company gives you. And if they give you some lifesavers and a single movie ticket, we're going to start a GoFundMe for you too. <laughs> and see if we can get a bunch of white folks to donate to it. Because that's all that's going to donate, white folks. Black folks ain't donating. They like you. I'm happy because he's a black man. Uh, black men usually don't get donations. I'm assuming that's true. I, I don't know the stats on donations, but the only time you get donations as a black man that are su wildly successful from what I've seen, you oftentimes got to be killed by the police. Those are the only black men that I know, George Floyd and all them, that have successful GoFundMe campaigns. It's usually you got to be killed by the police. Listen, this brother ain't killed by the police, y'all. He's not a victim of police brutality. He's not a victim of racism. You know what I'm saying? He's not a victim of all the isms we always whine and cry about. And he managed to get, his daughter managed to put a GoFundMe together and raise this man $224,000. Let's look at the positives here. This brother is living. He's still breathing air. He ain't making no excuses to my knowledge, for his predicaments as to why he worked at Burger King for 27 years. I ain't hear one excuse come out this man's mouth when I watched his uh, interview on TMZ, and I didn't see the interview on the, on the Today Show, but I'm assuming he didn't make no excuses. He just went to work, did what he had to do, take care of his two children. So I don't, I don't, know, why we, I don't know why we hating on this dude, you know what I'm saying? We should be congratulating this man for winning, for getting $224,000. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Look at this. Somebody, Scott Dawson. I don't know who this is, but they, they donated more money than David Spade. David Spade donated five. Scott Dawson donated $5,200. Let's, let's hit the refresh button, see if it went up. Look at that. It's going up. <laughs> this thing is still going up, y'all. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing hits a quarter million dollars. They still got how many more days left on this campaign? Does it tell you how many days you get? This was created one week ago. I don't know how GoFundMe's work. Like, how long do they drag these things out? Do people stop donating money? Like, how does it work? But this joker, let's see if it went up again. Let's see. All right. Nope. But this joker is almost at $225,000, y'all. He's right there. He's only 13 bucks away. <laughs> oh, man. And we got people hating on him. Mad. They ain't get that money. Time out. He shouldn't have worked there. It was taking care of his daughter. 
10 year on the Friars crazy. Ten, yeah, man, he got to get rewarded, man. He was in there whipping up burgers, y'all. You know how many, think about how many burgers, think about how many Whoppers he's prepared over 27 years. That Joker has probably prepared over 100,000 Whoppers in his lifetime, y'all. He probably goes to sleep dreaming about Whoppers. Yeah, I hope he gets more money. I ain't mad at the dude. I know I was clowning him a little bit on the last video, but I didn't know all the details. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. But now that we know more details, I ain't mad at it. Because you think about it, they gave your mans a pack of lifesavers, y'all. They gave him a, 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 re, a bag of Reese's Pieces, a movie ticket, two packs of lifesavers, a lanyard, some, some BS you can put on a keychain. That's what they literally gave this dude. The most expensive thing in that th in that pack was probably that damn movie ticket. They gave him a single movie ticket. They didn't even give him two. They gave him one. You could have at least gave a man two, so he could have took his girl or somebody out. And he ain't missed one day in 27 years. Man, that is that is an impressive feat by itself, not to miss a single day in almost 30 years of working. Why are you mad at this dude? I'm not mad at this brother for getting, you know, on, on, on his way to getting damn near a quarter million dollars. I ain't mad at him. And I ain't mad at none of these white folks who are the main contributors down here donating the money. Look at these names, y'all. Do these look like Negro names? These is white people's names. <laughs> you can tell they white people. They, they use correct punctuation. They got their commas in the proper spot. White people put commas in, in the proper spots. They spelling words correctly. <laughs> White people know, they know grammar. Well, look at these names. We, don't, we ain't got no Keishas, no Daquans, no Walmart Taviuses up here. None of that stuff, y'all. We got good old, good old white folks that probably uh, support Trump. There's probably some Looney Tune liberals in here too. Got good old white folks, man. All these, look at all, look at all these good white folk names. These, these good white people. <laughs> these good white people. Can I do more videos about my time in the military? You plan on joining the military, educated Mo? You want to go to the military, man? You want to be a want to be a you want to work for the for the white man's army? <laughs> I was watching uh my man this uh my man angry biracial. It's a it's a biracial dude out there. Um, he got a channel called Angry Biracial, and he had and he had this uh this black dude come up on his, his channel, right? Black dude claims to be a communist. And then the black dude is in the video talking about how he basically blames the government for everything, white people in the government. But then we find out what this dude does for a living. This dude is an active duty member of the United States Army. I'm like, oh God, how, how you gonna be in the white man's army, getting all the white man's benefits, Enjoying them white man's paychecks and then got the nerve to complain about the white man and the government that you serve it. Talking about killing black and brown people. I'm like, my nigga, you work for the organization that you claim is killing black and brown people. <laughs> like, how does that even make sense? Well, you're already serving. How long you been in, Mo? What branch are you in and how long you been in? I don't see no black names on here. Maybe Sophia Jackson. One of, she, that, that might be a black woman. I don't know. But let me check. Let me check the the grammar. Up oh, now, there's a white woman. All right, this might be a black person, Dalia Taylor. That might be a black person, y'all. Well, you've been in two years in the army. What's your MOS? What is your MOS? Military occupational specialty. You a cook? What are you? 
I don't know what, what the hell is a 68 whiskey. I don't even know what that is. 68 whiskey MOS. What is that? You're a combat medic. Okay. Um, so what you want to know, man? You want to know about how to how to survive in the military? I'm assuming you're like a E4. What, what's your rank? E3, E4? What are you? You specialist, corporal. More than likely, you're a specialist if you're an E4. You're a PFC. What are you? I'll tell you what you need to do to be successful. <laughs> you're an E3, PFC. All right. So you're private first class, two years in the military. I'm assuming you plan on doing 20 years or you just going to do your little time and get out. Here's what you need to do, buddy. Here's what you need to do. Every time you get a scrape or a boo-boo, you bang your big toe, you get a paper cut, you bump your head, I don't care what it is. You take your you, you take yourself on down to that TMC. That's the medical clinic, y'all, the TMC. And you get all that crap documented in your medical files. Every single thing. Every time you get a damn painkiller, every time, I don't care what the damn issue is, you go down to that damn doctor and get that stuff written up and add it to your medical file so that after you do your time and service, you can go claim your VA disability and get you some of that good old disability money that the U.S. taxpayers pay for, for people like me <laughs> who got injuries, right? While you in there, uh, depending upon if you plan on making this a career or not 20 years in, you need to make rank as quick as possible. That's what you need to do. You need to make rank as quickly as you possibly can. So you a PFC with two years in, there's no reason why you shouldn't be a damn E5 in the next 18 months, 18 to 24 months. And then maybe a year or two after that, you should be a damn staff sergeant. And then if you really hustling in about seven to eight years, you should be a damn sergeant first class. It's highly possible to do it. Now, there are extenuating circumstances with that. That depends on the needs of the army and whether or not they're promoting people, yada, yada, yada. But if you're in one of those MOSs where they let you fly off the ranks, you need to make rank as quick as possible so you can make the most money you can. And you can remove yourself from doing all the stupid details like cutting grass and, and mopping floors. And, and, and well, I don't think y'all work in the chow hall KP anymore, but that's what you need to do. And while you're doing that, you need to keep your nose clean. Don't be failing no drug tests. Don't be getting no DUIs. Don't be out there getting no baby mamas. Don't be doing none of that crap. Keep your nose clean. Get your education if you ain't got your education already. Uh, take advantage of the crap because you're going to need it when you get out. No matter if you do 20, 30 years or you just do four years, take advantage of the crap. Because when I was getting out, like I said, I did 13 years in, I got medically separated. I would have been in my, if I had stayed in the army, I would have been on my 20th year in the military. If I had been in, I would have been at my, my 20th year anniversary would have been April 29th of this year. But anyways, I got medically separated due to injuries. But while I was getting out, I came across a lot of people who didn't have their crap together that was getting out or that had got out before me. When I was getting out, people were like, damn, you got all this going on? I was like, yeah, because uh, I learned the game. I did what I had to do. So when I got out, let me see, I got out the Army November 17th, 2015. That was my last day on active duty. Before that, I had took terminal leave for like two months. I had saved up two months worth of terminal leave, and I was at the house chilling. After I got out November 17th, 2015, December 1st was when my VA check, well, not my VA check. I got, well, I ain't going to go into all the details about what I got, but uh, I got a large, I got a large lump sum of money that came my way, right? Because they had to, they had to pay me for my injuries, right? And also separate me the way they separated me. In January, 2016, my disability claim kicked in and I'm at 90% due to my injury. So you go do, you go look that up and see how much money I get each month. <laughs> and 
And then also that same month, my GI benefits kicked in and I went back to school full time as a graduate student to get my master's in IT. And I spent the next 18 months just being a full time college student, going to get my master's degree in IT and my MBA. And the military paid for all my education. They paid for damn near probably about fifty dollars to $60,000 worth of college education. I didn't have to pay for And then on top of that, they gave me a, a monthly stipend, tax-free stipend of like, I don't know, like $1,200 or something like that just to go to school, just to breathe air and go to school. So I had all that set up before I transitioned out. I knew exactly what I was getting, what was coming to me, and what I was going to do. Oh, yeah, another thing, you need to save up your money, man. You need to put some of your little paycheck away and save it up. I know you want to go to the classics and turn up. You want to go to the club and turn up. You want to go down to the lemon lot, get you one of them old raggedy ass cars, put some rims on it so you can go out there and become a baby daddy. I know that's what you want to do. But trust me, don't do it. Don't do it. A lot of cats before you did it, I'm advising you not to do it. I don't see so many dudes go off posts go to them damn car dealerships it'd be like a retired first sergeant working there a retired sergeant major that know the damn deal see you walking up they know you a damn brand new private in the military and they gonna sell you this bootleg ass car with this high ass interest rate because i'm pretty sure you heard about this program called the miles program i don't know if it's still around but it was in when i was in the miles program is basically a program designed to help military members get a car but the catch is they're going to hit you with a high-ass interest rate of like 20%. They don't tell you that crap. So I don't know if that program still is around, but it was around when I first came in. So, yeah, the interest rate, no, it was probably about 18%. Either way, that's still ridiculously high. And it don't matter if your credit was great or horrible. You was getting that 18 to 20% interest rate regardless. But the, but the problem was these retired first sergeants and sergeant majors, they knew about this crap and they still hustled these young soldiers that they were supposed to be looking after. So don't fall for that crap. You understand? Buy you a car that's away from a military base. I don't care if you got to go to another city, just somewhere where there's no military people around because they look at you like a walking paycheck with benefits. The women look at you that way. The car dealerships look at you that way. Everybody knows you're military. I don't care what you dress like. You can put on your little street attire. You all walk a certain way. You all talk a certain way. You got this look that screams military. So that just makes you a target, especially with the women. So you're going to go out there. You're going to get you a little old school Chevy or something or get you a little whatever, whatever. More than likely, since you're an E2, I'm predicting you're probably going to get you a Dodge Challenger or something, a Charger or something like that. A Dodge, uh, the Charger is like standard. Is, is the standard vehicle for young soldiers. Y'all like to put rims on them shits and everybody and their mama got one, right? Probably gonna get yours all black with black tinted windows and some damn 20 inch rims on it, right? That's what you're gonna do. I mean, that's what y'all all do. If you don't do that, you're gonna go get you a truck. That's what you're gonna do, right? You're gonna go off post, you're gonna go to these little clubs, you're gonna be in these strip clubs and these women gonna be all up on you. And you're gonna think you're the man out in these streets. You're going to feel like the man. You're going to be like, man, I'm the man. I, I'm, I'm just that nigga out here. Not knowing you just a walking paycheck with benefits, dude. That's it. And don't mess around and go overseas. They send your ass to Korea and you got to go deal. You got to go meet the what they call the juicy girl. You know what a juicy girl is? So let me tell you what a juicy girl is. You go overseas to Korea. You're going to go up in these damn bars. And these little Korean girls going to be batting their little eyes at you, talking about me love you long time and all this bullshit. But the whole time, if you want to engage with them, meaning you want to talk to them, you got to keep buying them drinks over and over. And what's going to happen? They're going to put that little, they're going to put that damn, that damn Chinese finger trap on you. And your dumb ass going to mess around and marry one of these chun Lees, thinking you all in love, not realizing she's just using your ass to get back to the States. Because when she get back to the States, it's going to be turn up season for her. She's going to come back to the States. She might even have your baby. She might even have your baby. She's going to come back to the States, pop your baby out and divorce your ass and be out there turned up in the clubs. That, that's what she's going to do. You go to Germany, you're going to see them little 
them little them little Germans out there with their little Adolf Hitler sounding last names, and they're gonna be feeding you what they call schnitzels. You ever ate a schnitzel before? A schnitzel is like a it's like a fried steak. Shit tastes amazing. You gonna go to Oktoberfest, or you gonna go down to what they call the red light district? The red light district is basically like an open air market for um for prostitution. You gonna go down there just fall in love with one of these chicks, pop out a little half black, half uh, half German baby, <laughs> come back to the states, and she gonna leave your ass too. That, that's what's gonna happen. They all leave y'all. Y'all are just walking paychecks with benefits. You understand what I'm saying? So I want you to I want you to not make these mistakes. I didn't make the mistakes, but I know a lot of people that made the mistakes. I seen it. I had I had dudes in my unit going through it and all ranks from lower lower enlisted to senior enlisted. I knew a guy. Uh, matter of fact, he probably well, he, he should have been retired by now. But when I came in, he was an E5, E6. Sarn Innocent. That was his name. He used to drive this little gray Beamer, right? Sarn Innocent, when I met this dude, Sarn Innocent, that Negro had six kids by like four women. All his money was going to child support. I mean, let me tell you how bad it was for Sarn Innocent. Sarn Innocent, there was this other dude named Guzman, this little Hispanic dude. Guzman had a fine ass wife too, but Guzman's wife left him. And so Sarn Innocent, he was so down bad with the money because I think Guzman was his actual soldier. Yeah, Guzman was a specialist at the time and Sarn Innocent was an E6. Sarn Innocent moved into housing with Guzman. So <laughs> my homeboy, Jovan, this little, this little Puerto Rican cat I used to roll with back in the day, who actually got kicked out the military for DUIs. But anyways, we went to Guzman's house. They was having like a little get together. We go inside Guzman's crib on post. We walk into the living room. Nigga, it's two sets of everything in there. It, <laughs> it's two couches, two TVs, two tables, two this, two that. Basically, uh, Sergeant Innocent moved all his crap out of his apartment and moved it into Guzman's house on post. And they, they literally had two of everything in the apartment. And they was living like that for like, she had, he had to have been staying there for like six months like that. Because he couldn't afford to get his own crib. His baby mamas was cleaning his clock, was taking all his damn money. And he, he was one of them dudes that had to stay in the military because he couldn't afford to get out. He had to stay in because it was a guaranteed check. But his problem was he couldn't stop getting chicks pregnant. He was a good looking dude. All the chicks loved him, but he just had this horrible problem with going raw up in chicks and getting them pregnant to the point where he was forced to do 20 something years in the military because he couldn't afford to get out. So I don't want that being you, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want that being you. You can do better than that. You dig? Um, so just, just, just go into the military, make the most of it. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Travel. Get your travel on. Go to Europe. Go to Asia. Travel. Go see some stuff, man. Just don't get caught out there tricking and getting these, these women pregnant act because you think you're the man. Like, let me give you another example of another dude I knew. Sarn Childs. Sarn Childs is from Alabama. I'm still friends with him on Facebook to this day. So when I used to live in the barracks, Sarn Childs, he lived in the room directly, was it under me or across the hall from me? I want to say, wait, no, he lived in the room directly up under me. He was an E5 and I was a specialist at the time, something like that. So he was like kind of, he was, he, he was like, he was my team leader. So anyways, we have to go out there. I have to cut grass. He sit around and watch. And then anyways, Sergeant Childs was a square dude, right? I'm talking about a super square dude. Like he talked, I don't want to clown the man because of how he talked because he talked hella proper, but he was just one of the dudes that was not the ladies man before high, uh, when he was in high school. And it, it was obvious, you could tell. So Sarah Childs met this chick, right? This little local that was probably from a town that was about 30 minutes away. This chick already had a kid I'm talking about a young baby that was like maybe one, probably like one years old. This chick was putting that damn 
that damn juice box on this nigga so good. Let me tell you what this nigga did. So we living in the barracks. The barracks room that we have, all the rooms are designed for one person to live in. It's, it's almost like a, a, a studio apartment, right? You got your bedroom, you got your little makeshift living room, you got a bathroom, your little kitchen area, and two two uh two closets. Anyways, it's 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 just enough space in there for one person to live. This chick was putting that damn juice box on this nigga so good because I don't think he ever had. I think I, I honestly think he was a virgin before he met this chick, right? And the, and she probably and she knew it. This nigga had this girl up in the barracks every night with her kid. Now, when you in the barracks, one, at least at the post I was at, you're not even allowed to have overnight guests. Now, we'd all have girls staying the night because when me and my wife was dating around this time, my, my wife used to be coming through all the goddamn time. But technically, you're not supposed to have overnight guests. But you damn sure ain't supposed to have kids up in the damn barracks, right? This nigga had this girl up in the barracks, B, with her one-year-old child living in the barracks. I'm looking at him like, nigga, what are you doing? Something happens to this kid, nigga, they finna lock you all the way to hell up in Leavenworth. Like, what are you doing? But he, could, he, he couldn't see straight because she was putting that juice box on him so good. Anyways, fast forward, right? Oh, the story, the story gets better. We ain't even got to the worst part of the story yet. One day, we had this detail, right? Where they was like, we need some people. This was like, I want to say this was after Hurricane Katrina or something, but they needed a detail to go to New Orleans and then a detail to go to uh, Charleston. I didn't get put on the detail, thank God, because I ain't feel like going no damn where. But, but Childs had to go somewhere. Uh, Sergeant Childs left his, left his truck. He drove a Jeep Cherokee, right? And he used to park his Jeep Cherokee next to my car in, in the parking lot. So he left his Jeep Cherokee with the old girl, right? One day I'm coming out the barracks, and I know Childs is gone. He's in uh, Charleston. He, he's gone for like a week or two, right, on, on a little de quote-unquote deployment. So he's been gone. I come back. I, wa <laughs> I walk past his truck, and I see the driver's seat is leaned all the way back. And I'm like, I'm like, this Negro, because I've ridden in the truck with him before. He doesn't ride with his seat lean back. He rides with his seat all the way up, right? I'm like, this chick got another nigga driving his vehicle. Why he gone? Because y'all know, you get, in the, you get into the whip and you see the seats lean back. You know, women don't drive with the seats lean back. And, and square lane dudes like Sarn Childs, they don't drive with the seats lean back. Niggas drive with the seat lean back. Grimy, dirty niggas. <laughs> They drive with the seats lean back. So I saw, I was like, I was like, damn, this nigga, this chick got another nigga driving his vehicle and he don't even know. But the story gets even worse. So what ends up happening is I end up going to Kuwait, right? I get deployed to Kuwait. I'm over there for, no, wait, we'll have, wait, let me back that up. Let me back that up. So, so Charles. He ends up getting orders and getting sent to another duty station. And a couple years go by, whatever. I ended up catching orders and I got to go overseas to Kuwait. So we end up in Kuwait and we're in the same damn battalion in Kuwait. Right. And I see him. And I'm like, oh, snap. What up, child? What's going on? So we get to talking. So I was like, hey, what's up with old girls? Oh, Lord, this nigga gets to telling me about what's up with old girl. Let me tell you what happened with this shit. This Negro tells me he actually married this chick, right? <laughs> and what was crazy was when he came overseas to Kuwait, he was in Kuwait probably about six, seven months before I got over there. Or let me see. Hold on. Let me see. I got to Kuwait. Let me see. I got to Kuwait in February 2006. He had been in Kuwait about 10 months at this time. He was, he, was, he was getting ready to go back to the state. So he had been over there for almost a year. This Negro tells me he had married the chick. And um, yeah, he had married the chick. And they was going to have a baby or something like that. No, wait, well, hold on. I'm trying to think. Give me a second. I'm trying to recall the story because there's, there's another. Oh, you know what? My bad. I'm messing up the timeline. So I seen him in Kuwait. He said he had married the chick. And they was happy doing their thing. 
He goes back to the States. A year later, I go back to the States and I see him again at the same day at another duty station. So I'm asking him about, well, you know, how's the kid? He was like, oh, man, let me tell you. So while this nigga was in Kuwait, right, he didn't know his wife was pregnant. <laughs> so he said, he said he would be talking to his wife doing like video chat because I think this is around the time when Skype had just started becoming popular around this time or it just came out and people were starting to use video chat, right? This is like 2006, 2007. It was like the early version. He said... He said his wife would talk to him, but he never, she would never show what she looked like from the chest down. And he never questioned it. He was like, every time they would get on camera, all he would see is her face and then her chest, but he would never see anything below that. And what was happening was she was pregnant by another, by, by her baby, her other baby daddy. Now, I remember she got married to this nigga. This nigga went overseas. While he was overseas, she went back and started messing with the baby daddy, the nigga that was driving his car. And then she was pregnant while this nigga was overseas in Kuwait with getting the big belly the entire time. But then he came back to the States, and I think he obviously divorced her or some shit. But then he messed around and met another chick, fell in love, went through the same goddamn thing, married her, but got this other chick pregnant, pregnant. And I want to say they may have gotten a divorce and then he ended up raising his own, raising his kid. But anyways, the moral of the story is don't be like Saren Childs, man. You're going to go out there like Childs. You, you got you a decent job, benefits, and you got these little locals out there that grew up in these, these areas, these little small towns outside of these military bases. They know all you army men, got all these, got all these goddamn benefits, they want to get some benefits too. So they're going to put that juice box on you like never before and make you fall in love. And an inexperienced dumb nigga like you might be, you might think that you might think you're the man out in these streets. You out here slaying chicks, not realizing you getting played because you, you just can't see past what's really going on here because you are inexperienced and don't realize the game that's being run on you. So I don't want you to be like that, educated mo. Don't be like Sarn Childs. Don't be like Sarn Innocent. Don't be like countless niggas I've met in the military that have fallen victim to this crap and somehow, somehow, some way. Don't be them, man. Put a condom on, nigga. <laughs> Put a condom on. Run through the chicks. Don't let them run through you. Don't meet a local chick from a town that's near a military base and she telling you how she want to be with you. Don't believe it. She wants to be with them benefits. She wants to be with that BAH and that BAS and that damn TRICARE. That's what she wants to be with. She don't like you. She like your benefits, nigga. It ain't you. It ain't your car. It's your benefits. It's access to that damn commissary on post. It's access to that PX on post. That's what they want. Look, Shaka in here. He says he's seen it when he was in the Navy. It's, it happens with every branch. I've seen this happen to Air Force dudes. I knew this one cat. I used to date. So this this one little jit. So there's this, so I used to I used to date this girl in high school, right? Me and her was kind of off and on, whatever, whatever. Anyways, her younger brother had a friend, and her friend liked my girl in high school, right? And then their her 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 parents were cool with his parents, and they were just like family friends. Anyways. Me and the girl, obviously, we don't we don't broke up, ain't spoke to each other in forever. I get this call out the blue one day. Can you go pick up so and so? I'm like, who the hell is so and so? She was like, you remember that little dude they used to be tagging around who liked me back in the day? I'm like, yeah, like what the fuck I want to pick him up for? Oh, he's at your base right now, and he needs somebody to pick him up from the bus stop. I was like, oh shit. So let me go get this little nigga. I go get this little nigga, put him in the car. I'm like, yeah, I remember you. You used to like my girl back in high school. You're the little annoying ass kid back in the day, but whatever. I give this nigga the whole lesson. Hey, listen, let me tell you, because he was in the Air Force. I was like, let me tell you what. Don't do this, this, that, and this. I, I gave him the whole speech I just gave you. I see this nigga like a year later. He done did everything I told him not to do. He got a baby on the way. <laughs> he got from a from a from a local chick. He, he, he think he in love. This chick done put the juice box on. I'm just like, I can't believe you, dude. 
But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, you were a little goofy-ass kid back in the day, so I guess it's not that hard to believe. So I done seen this so many times, man. So, man, I'm talking about, I'm talking about dudes you would think that was they come across as player-player. Nah, nigga. Them, them chicks out there are experts. They are raised by former military hoes or barracks bunnies, as we used to call them. We used to call them, I used to call them a barracks bunny. They just hop it from, from room to room. And I knew chicks like that. I knew a nigga. So when I was in these one barracks, right, <laughs> this nigga, uh, he, he, I want to say he's a first, he's still in the military, right? I think he's like a first sergeant right now. He used to date this girl named Crystal. This dark, Crystal was fine the motherfucker too. Crystal was from, uh, she was a local. She was from the area. See, that motherfucker was fine as hell. Crystal, she would always be in the barracks, right? And she would always be flirting with me. You know, I was making these little, these little, you know, just, just flirt. I, I never tried it because I knew she was dealing with this dude. So in the barracks, me and this dude shared the same wall. I mean, we got the concrete wall. My bed is on one side of the wall. His bed is on the other side of the wall. So every time they would come over there, she would come over there. I can hear them through the wall getting busy. Like I can hear it. It, it was like, a, it was like a blind dude watching a porno movie. Right. So one day. I got a chick coming to the crib, right? To the barracks. Bring the chick in. Do my do. This, this crazy bitch, Crystal, comes out of her boyfriend's room and starts banging on my goddamn door. Talking about, I can hear her through the walls. I'm like, I'm looking at her like, bitch, I hear you every night. I hear you every night to the point I think I'm fucking you. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't understand, like, why is this chick tripping like this you know messed up my damn grew with this chick and everything right turns out this chick had a thing for me man she was purposely being extra loud with the sound effects just so i can hear it just so she could put on a show for me that's what this chick was doing the entire time and i don't think my man's ever figured it out i think he he thought he was in there putting it down like a champion not knowing she was going extra hard with the sound effects because she knew I was on the other side of that wall and I, I and I had to hear it. I couldn't I couldn't do anything about it. It was just like blaring through the walls because when she came over there and messed up my shit, she was beating on my door as if she was my woman. Like she was about to catch me cheating. And I'm looking at her like, what the fuck? You're not even my girl. You know what I'm saying? Like you with this nigga. You and I ain't got nothing going on, but you beating down my door like, like I'm cheating on you or some bullshit. It was, it was the weirdest shit. But these are examples of barracks bunnies, man, that, you know, they're experts because she was raised by a barracks bunny. <laughs> so she knows the game. So educated Mo, don't let that be you, man. That's going to be you. Platinum Elites talks about barracks bunny. Yeah, bruh. The barracks, it goes down in the barracks, y'all. It goes down in the barracks. The barracks is like, I knew this one girl. <laughs> I knew this one girl. I still know her to this day. She had a history of running through niggas, but she was, she, she, she was known for this one thing. She loved when dudes would, uh, would bust off in her, in, in her mouth. Like she loved it. She, she got off on that crap. So anyways, this girl, she ends up going down to Fort Benning for this training called PLDC. My wife at, well, me, when me and my wife were dating, my wife was in the same damn class with her at PLDC. So this girl is down here telling my, my, my wife or my girl at the time, all the niggas she done ran through on post. First thing my girl do when my, when my girl back then, who's now my wife, she's like, did you fuck my man? And the girl says, no, I ain't do nothing with him. She knew who I was, but we never, we legit never did anything. But it was just weird because my, my, my wife or my girl came back and she was like, I heard something about you. I'm like, the fuck you here? And she just gets to talk, telling all this shit. I'm like, I know that bitch ain't bitching my name in this crap. But that chick was notorious for just running through dudes, having trains around. I mean, she would just, now you look at her now because I think she's still in the military. You look at her now, she comes across as like this upstanding, respectable chick. I'm just like, if 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 people only knew how you got down back in the day, if the nigga that you with now who loves and adores you only knew that you was gobbling down two and three at a time, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
but it's easy to get away with it now because back in them days we had social media wasn't really popping like that it wasn't it was nowhere near popping so all these all these old barracks bunnies that used to get down like that they 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 can uh they can kind of conceal it and hide it i mean i knew chicks when i was overseas that was selling that thing there was a um there was a matter of fact this this was uh when i was in kuwait the first time this was 0607 there was a damn first lieutenant an officer this black chick she was over there selling that thing no she was she, she was in iraq selling it and then she came down to kuwait because her unit went from iraq and then they redeployed down to kuwait she was out there selling that thing don't matter what the rank was all you had to do was just come up to it with the price and you'd be in there if you wanted it black chick uh, an officer that you see every day and have to salute but at nighttime she was she was uh she was going ham on the pole ah <laughs> uh, what else shit you know y'all got me reminiscing over here let me think man what else i don't see in afghanistan we used to have these women uh come on the base i used to call them the women from the from the stands not 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 blackistan but these other countries called um like Uzbekistan, Turkestan, all these little former countries that were part of the USSR back in the day. So they would like import these women down to these bases and they would do like all these domestic work, like wash our clothes, cut our hair, do this, do that. Well, there was this base. I was my home base was this base called Kandahar. This was, it was uh, this big ass. It was like a giant airport. Half of it was civilian base. Half of it was a NATO base with like 30,000 motherfuckers running around there. Right on the nato base right on the nato base these women these, these women from the stands right if you seen them walking around post with a pink pt belt on a pt belt is just this reflective belt that you wear that, that that reflects light so you don't get hit by a damn car if you're out there running in the morning or the evening but these women they were known for wearing a pink reflective belt and if you saw one wearing a pink reflective belt, that was their sign that they were open for business, meaning they were selling that thing. And so all you would have, or, or if you went up to them and asked them, do you want to go get a slice of pizza? That was code for, are you selling that thing? Like even on my little fob, so my main base was at uh, Kandahar, but they had flew me out on a 30 minute helicopter ride to the smaller base called Fob Wilson. And on that file, we had some of the stand chicks out there that were cutting hair. And then I lived in what they call like an Alaskan tent. It's like this round tent or whatever. And then I want to say two tents down from me, there were there were the stand chicks were staying. The stand chicks, they would be in there cutting soldiers' hair and doing some other crap. And then at night, you'd have you see a line of niggas, a line of soldiers outside their tent, running up in the tent, making it do what it do. Now, here's the thing: inside the tent, there are no walls. They were just makeshift walls with blankets set up. That's it. Everybody's tent was like that. So they be in there selling that thing. Soldiers going to town, just hopping up and down on these chicks. And all you got separating you is a damn, <laughs> a damn green, green army blanket. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was some wild shit. But don't, but don't be the one that mess around and got get caught. Cause I knew a dude when I was in Afghanistan. He was a, he was a warrant officer. One officer, one. So this nigga, I feel bad for this dude. I still, I feel bad when I think about it to this day. This nigga, right? I met him. He used to work. He was the warrant officer for the supply yard, where I used to go get all my damn lumber and all this other bullshit, so we can build up what we just had to building up. Anyways, he had been in the he, he had been uh, enlisted. He was an E five for like shit. He was like an E five E six for like sixteen years or something like that. And then he switched over and became a warrant officer. And I met him downrange. He was a part of the 101st Airborne when I met him. He was in charge of the supply yards, warrant officer one. Anyways, when you become a warrant officer, you're supposed to be you're supposed to behave like a warrant officer. You mean you're not supposed to hang out with the enlisted soldiers? Nah, he was he was just a, a high-ranking enlisted soldier as far as we was concerned. And plus, he was a mason like me. So we got real cool. You know what I'm saying? And plus, he cut hair. So he'd be down there. He had his own stash of alcohol out there. Like, it was illegal to drink. You weren't supposed to drink, but this nigga had all the drinks. I remember one day, this nigga got, it was a matter of fact, it was New Year's Eve, as a matter of fact. This nigga got so drunk as a warrant officer, decided to hop his ass into the Jeep, drove around post and flipped that bitch and wrecked it on post. This nigga, 
he went into hiding on the post. Now, keep in mind that the whole, the whole damn base ain't but is about the size of damn two football fields put together, th- maybe three or four. You know what I'm saying? And then it got like a big ass uh, helicopter landing spot. He goes to hide in the goddamn defect, right? And this particular defect he was hiding in was a defect that was ran by all these damn lesbians, right? Especially this one black lesbian. And she told me her whole mission, <laughs> she told me her whole mission out there on the file, she was out there trying to turn as many girls as she can out. And you're like, well, how do you know this? Because the particular defect she worked at was the defect where they cooked all the good food. They had soul food Thursday. So I used to go in there all the goddamn time. And I, I got to know this chick. And she told me, yeah, I'm out here trying to lick as many cats as I can and turn chicks out. I was like, oh, wow. You know, th- these are these are soldiers, right? So anyways, he out there hiding in the damn defect. The, co- the, the post commander, who is the colonel, he puts out a search team looking for this dude. He got these dudes driving around in MRAPs. I don't know if you know what an MRAP is. Let me show y'all what a picture of an MRAP is. Hold on. Give me a sec. So this, this is what an MRAP looks like, right? These things are loud as hell. <laughs> like, I'm talking about when they start these things up on the engines, these things are ridiculously loud. So they got these soldiers driving around these MRAPs on post at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with the, with the, with the bullhorn speaker on, talking about Chief so-and-so, Colonel so-and-so is looking for you right now. You need to come here right now. I'm talking about for like two, three hours of doing this shit, right? I can't sleep. They just driving these things up and down, chief in the damn defect the entire time, hiding out, trying to figure out what he's going to tell the colonel. Because what ended up happening was they ended up kicking this nigga out the military. He was at 19 years in the military, about to hit his 20th year. They kicked this nigga all the way. First, they reduced his, they took his rank away. They reduced him from a warrant officer back to an E5 or an E6. And then when they went back to Fort Knox, uh, not Fort Knox, but Fort Campbell, Kentucky, where the, where the home of the 101st Airborne is, they kicked this nigga out the military. And then before he got kicked, well, his wife knew he was going to get kicked out. He said when he got home, because he had sent me an email because I was still overseas at the time. He said when he got home, his wife cleared cleared the house out, took the took the kids, moved everything out. Now he came back home to a literal empty house and was getting kicked out the military on top of that shit. Like he was on some damn potential suicidal shit at this point. I don't know whatever happened to the nigga. I ain't seen him since. Yeah, he was kicked out. 19 years in. They booted him all. He lucky he didn't go to level. They, they lucky he lucky he didn't get put up put in jail. They kicked this nigga all the way out the military at 19 years in, bro. Cause he got drunk as an officer and then wrecked the damn vehicle on post and then was hiding out, trying to dodge the colonel. Like, if it had to been me, you know, I would have gotten in trouble, but I don't know if it would have been as severe as him. But he was an officer. You know, they, they got different rules. Officers, you're supposed to be more straight and narrow. You can't, you can't really get in trouble like the enlisted can. Like, let's just, say, let's just say if I go to a club and I get into a fight as enlisted, most they're going to do is put me on extra duty. They might take my rank, take a little bit of pay, but that's it. You get into a fight as an officer at the club, you getting kicked the hell out of the military. <laughs> so that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah, man. So I don't know how the hell we got to talking about stories, man. I'm going to have to do a military stream or something. Yeah, officers, they have more response. I mean, I have friends that I went to college with that were officers. That I used to see them all the time. We was on the same damn base. One, matter of fact, one of my best friends, we was on the same damn base. He was a... Uh, he was, he was on the officer side. I was on the enlisted side. I see each other all the damn time. I have to salute him in public. But then, you know, behind closed doors, we'd be joking and chilling. But he used to be looking at me like, man, I wish I could get away. I wish I could go have fun like you. He was like, yeah, I make more money than you. I ain't got to go out there and cut grass and do stupid shit. But at least you can go out there and have fun and do stupid shit or, you know, stupid young man shit. Because he's like, I mess around and do the crap you're doing. I'm getting kicked all the way to hell out the military. And he was right. <laughs> my, my man still is. I think he's about to retire. He's about to retire as a lieutenant colonel right now. But um, yeah, man. So, so the moral of the story is uh, Mo, don't mess up, man. Go in there and have fun, but be be, be fun. Just be wary of these things that's gonna happen. Cause they them, them uh them, them damn uh barracks bunnies and them locals, they coming after you, bro. 
As soon as you get a little, as soon as you get a little charger, they coming after you. I got out with an other than honorable after six years. Suck. Oh shit. Did you ever get it upgraded to at least a general? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Uh, Mo, whenever you get out, you want to make sure you got a, a full honorable discharge, bro. You mess around to get anything less than an honorable. You damn sure don't want a dishonorable discharge. You want that honorable discharge. Cause you go out there trying to build your life up, get a new job. And they ask you if you're in the military they're going to check. They, 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 they're going to want to see if you got an honorable discharge. And plus, that'll, that, that can prevent you from getting access to certain benefits like your GI Bill, your health care, your VA loan. If you don't if you don't, if you have anything less than an honorable discharge, unless you can, you might be able to get away with it with a general. Yeah, and it's hard to get changed, too, because my homeboy that I was telling you about earlier, Jovan, a little Hispanic cat that got put out for drinking and driving. So he and I we used to roll hard. We would all we we all used to drink and drive. I did it. He did it. The problem is I never got caught. He got caught. He got I'm talking about he got caught on post twice and they kicked him out the military for that crap. And then after he got put out the military, he had all he had a rough. He had a rough time trying to get his crap back together, man. I mean, I think he's now at the point. Because he's been out the military for at least 10, 12 years. But I think he's now at the point where things is going better. But when he at first got out, oh man, he was he was he was on struggle status. He was struggling to get his shit together, and he had a brand new daughter at the time. But um, but we always do the same crap. I was I was out there getting turned up too. But I just I was just fortunate. I literally never got caught. But after I seen some of my homeboys getting put out, I had stopped doing it. I was like, shit, it's gonna be my number next if I don't stop. So I stopped doing it. I remember one day I was coming through. I went out with this, me and Sarn Bean. So this, one of my NCOs, Sarn Bean, right? This nigga looked like Usher, like literally looked like Usher. So every time Usher came out, when when that Confessions album came out, and we go to the club, all the chicks was on Sarn Bean because he literally looked like Usher, y'all. So we go to the. I remember we went to this one club one night, this little bar, and the bartender was flirting with this nigga. Cause he looked like Usher, and then uh, the 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 Usher had some hot songs out around that time. So me and him, just off of the strength of him looking like Usher, we was getting this chick was giving us free drinks all night long. We didn't pay for shit. We was chugging Long Island iced teas. I mean, she was making them shit strong as hell. We was we was going to town on them damn uh, Coronas with the lime in them. We was getting it. We was we was throwing them up. I had got so messed up that night. I remember I walked outside. The front of the building and i was like we was getting ready to go out to the car and we had we had no uber back then we were supposed to call the taxi but we was like we was both fucked up i'm talking about his eyes were bloodshot red i was drunk so i go to <laughs> i go over to the corner i see this bush i'm like i'm gonna go take a piss i took a piss and after i finished pissing i fell over into the goddamn bushes damn near passed out like i was just that toe up from the flow up like I was like literally laying on the damn bushes I had just pissed on. You know what I'm saying? So my homeboy, Sarn Bean, had to come pick me up. He was like, man, get up, man. I was like, how the fuck did I get into the goddamn bushes? So anyways, he was like, man, we finna go back to the barracks. I was like, well, who driving? He was like, I, I guess I'll drive. I'm like, holy shit. So we, so we, <laughs> we both fucked up, right? So we going back to the, to the gate and we decide like I said, we didn't get no taxi cab. We, we was going to go straight through the front gate to get the post. We get to the front gate. The MPs is at the front gate. And I'm like, we finna go to jail. We finna, we finna be locked all the way to hell up in jail because I'm drunk as hell. He drunk as hell. And we get to the gate. MP starts questioning us, questioning him. And he's kind of sensing that Sergeant Bean's drunk. You know what saved us? I was still so damn intoxicated. I started throwing up in the car and out the side of the window. Like that was literally what saved us. When we got to that gate, I couldn't hold it anymore. I just started earling everywhere. And then when I did that, the MP was like, just get him out of here. And take him to the barracks. If it hadn't been for me throwing up, I would have been locked up probably on the verge of getting kicked out of the military. But my throat, my, my, uh, my, me getting so tore up that night 
because this nigga looked like Usher and this bartender kept feeding us nonstop alcohol for free because she was trying to get with this nigga. Me throwing up saved the day, y'all. <laughs> My throw up saved the day, y'all. I, I, you know, I did something special that night. I saved, I saved our careers. <laughs> now, don't, don't let that be you, though. Don't let that be you. But I got stories for days, man. I should probably be telling you all the positive stuff, but you know. Let me see. All right. Anyways, I'm about to go. So those are my those are my stories, man. I should be telling y'all the positive stuff only. The military is good for you. Go in there, learn something, get your mind right, get your life right. So we should do a we should do a live. I've had people ask me we should do a live telling trade and war stories. Um, because like I got stories for days and me sitting here thinking about it is bringing up old memories i have forgot i'm like shit i did that too yeah i did that i did that i did all this crazy crap i forgot how crazy i used to be. i used to be wild as shit back in the day i forgot I'm, i've been i've been a happily married man with two kids for so damn long i forgot about all the crazy shit i used to do in college and when i first joined the military that should have put me that, that should have had me arrested i forgot all about it that's how good life has been going. I forgot. I forgot I was that dude. I just never got caught. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I was on his live. I, I don't know if he did one or not. I wasn't on it. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, man. So anyways, those are my stories, man. Shout out to the Burger King. We were supposed to be talking about the Burger King guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about this dude right here. Who got who got a quarter million dollars? Let's, let's let's refresh it. Let's refresh it. Look at that. We don't went up to two hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars, y'all. We supposed to be talking about the Burger King guy whose daughter put together this fundraiser, and all these good white folks. All these. All right, this might be a black name right here. They look like a black name, but all these good white folks done donated to this dude. You know what I'm saying? To the tune of two hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. Working for 27 years at Burger King, never missing a day, and he gets rewarded with a pack of lifesavers, two packs of lifesavers, and a pair of and one single movie ticket. That's what we were supposed to be talking about. All right, man, I'm about to go. Y'all be safe out in these streets. Go, go subscribe to my Tech G channel. All right, Tech G in the place to be. All right, y'all be easy. Peace.